Okay. I'm tired. It's been a week. I have worked three days this week, and it feels like I've been working for a month straight. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I get three days off now, and then I work. Nice. Yeah, and then I work six days straight, so I'm a little... Mm. I'm a little concerned with my uh, with my endurance going into next week, but yeah. Who? Well, anyway, God I'm here. You on that? You made it. Thanks. You made it, and that's all that matters. Yeah, it's my Friday, so I'm Ooh. gonna have some drinks and some some food and be merry. There you go. My Friday is not until actual Friday, but you know, that's, that's what happens when you work nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. That well, on the same flip side, I never really get an actual Friday on Friday. Mm, That's fair. So that's, yeah, that's just how it works. That is how it works when you work in non office nine to five jobs. Yeah, the kind of non-traditional. Well, and a lot of people have been talking about trying to get it to go to five-day delivery. And Oh, instead of six? Right. And I'm like, that would actually feel kind of weird to suddenly go back to a regular five-day-a-week kind of gig. Might be kind of nice. I'm guessing a lot of people would be annoyed. But as far as I know, it's also not really even, like, on the table. It's just... Something that, like, every time there's a union meeting, a lot of people bring it up, but it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. But I'm honestly not sure I'm even in favor of it. I kind of like having the the rotating day off, even though it can be problematic sometimes. Yeah, I, I think the only time I ever found a, like, rotating schedule problematic was... When my boss would not remember approving mm. time off. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have, you'd look at the schedule and you'd be like, you approved my time off for this day. I'm not coming in. Yeah. And they're like, I don't remember that. And you're like, here's the email saying I have the time off. So figure it out. Yeah. I've had a few moments, especially when I first started out and was still kind of figuring out exactly like how our days off worked and stuff. Mm-hmm. There were a few times where, I'm laying in bed and it's like 8.30 and I'm getting texts and phone calls and I'm like, what's up? And they're like, why aren't you at work? And I'm like, because today's my day off. It's my, it's my day off, that's why. Yeah. I'm not there. So, uh, and they're like, you want to come in and work? And I'm like, click. <laughs> no. <laughs> End yeah. of conversation. No. Lose my number. Uh, sorry, new number. Who is this? <laughs> yeah. Who, who, who this? Is? It's who your is? boss. <laughs> It's your boss. Uh, uh, I don't know anybody by that name. Goodbye. Don't know. Don't know who boss is. Yeah. Boss does not compute. No, doesn't does not work. Mm-mm. Yes. I am just. Oh. Well, for anyone who is wondering, this is peculiar pairings, and I'm Matt. And you I'm sound tired. so sad. Damn. I did, sorry, I didn't mean to make it sound sad. I meant to make it sound <laughs> exhausted. I am. Oh, I'm just so tired. Oh, Matt. Well, I'm Celine for all you listeners. Any Welcome. new listeners, old yeah. listeners, in between. Yeah. We, and... uh, we normally have a bit more preamble, but. 
We usually do, but it's it's been one of those days, and I has. I understand that on a on a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do so, you want to talk about our pairings today for the Honolulu Strangler? Oh yes, yes. So, guy, get my energy back up. Here Ooh. we go. Um, what so, did you pick and why? Yeah, I, when you first texted me about this, I, I just want to preface it with I know that the drink I'll be talking about isn't exactly like Hawaii based so I do yeah. just want to uh, give a give a little explanation that it was more just I was thinking of like being it's on like feeling. a cruise yeah be, being on a beach you know mm-hmm. palm trees a nice breeze and it's like 72 degrees didn't mean for all that to rhyme but I'm not disappointed about it and <laughs> Like the only time that I've ever been on a cruise or been really in any kind of island sort of like tropical atmosphere, I was drinking a lot of pina coladas. So I, I'm I'm sorry if this doesn't necessarily relate to a lot of people, but we're talking about Hawaii, so I'm thinking sandy beaches and you know sun and stuff. So so the drink yeah. is pina colada, and I have never actually made a pina colada. When I looked it up, really? it said. Yeah, I've had a number of them, but I've never made one, and I was surprised at how. Uh, I don't know how, how, like, what kind of recipe you ended up using, but I used something called cream of coconut, and boy, is it creamy. It is, uh, more gelatinous than I thought it would be. Ah, see, what I did was I took the lazy man's way out and bought the premixed stuff. Nice. (laughs) And then, because I still have some of the mango rum left over from mm. weeks ago i added some of that in just to kind of give it a little extra punch Very it's pretty nice. good i would highly suggest mixing those two yeah i i didn't the the standard recipe is white rum uh mm-hmm. coconut cream and um uh pineapple juice mm-hmm. i have some uh i highly recommend it if you're looking for a nice little tweak on that use um Simply smoothie, pineapple mango, and uh, that has been working out really well. That sounds delicious. And uh, now the 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 pairing with it, this is a a pretty peculiar one indeed, as far as a pair goes. But um, it's just spam, and I chopped it yep. up in little cubes and I fried it, and it's delicious. I asked Gabriel to cook mine for me because I was nice. working. So, like, I got home, he had the day off, so he took the oh, time nice. to, like, get everything for me. Oh, and then nice. I was like, can you cook the Spam? Because <laughs> I know he's going to do it way better than I would. And he's like, yeah, I'll cook the Spam. So he cooked up Spam for me, him, our friend KJ, and his sister Griffin, since they're all hanging out downstairs right now. Oh, and I'm obvious. upstairs. So First of everyone all, got a little fried spam. Hell yeah. Tell tell Griffin her name is awesome. That's pretty I will. Sweet. She has a very badass name and she knows is, it. Yeah. But oh, I will yeah, definitely I was, tell her. That is a super badass name. I, I went with uh bacon flavored spam. Uh I'm I gonna didn't say know it came in flavors. It comes in multiple flavors. And wow. I will say right off the bat that I'm giving both of these a 10. I'm going to wait until giving it like a combined score because I'm really not sure how well they will play on each other. Okay. I love pina coladas. I love spam. 
it makes me feel like a disgusting garbage human, but it's so good. And I haven't had it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the one criticism I'll say right now after all of that is that um, I'm a little disappointed just with the bacon spam because it just kind of oh. tastes like spam. It so, just tastes like, well, yeah. so I'm not like I mean, disappointed. I don't really know it's still what's spam. In spam, but I'm assuming nobody there's does. Some, nobody does. I'm assuming there's some form of pork in it. Yes, it, it so is. It, it is primarily flavored. I can see how that wouldn't entirely differentiate. My dad always used to say that the name spam came from side pork and ham. And so that's I I have memories of that would actually make sense. It would. It it make it it rolls off the tongue. It it makes a perfect sort of explanation for the SP and and how it sounds like ham and all that. Mm. I remember looking up multiple times that that is not even close to true. But it is a nice story. Um, It is a nice story to tell your children. Yeah, and for anyone who is totally lost on why this is a thing, I will just uh, say real quick that uh, Spam, uh, oddly enough, was created in Minnesota, uh, which is one reason why some of us in the Midwest are just so obsessed with it. Uh, It was actually created in uh, 1937, and and not bought by, it's still made by Hormel, the, the original, like, kind of... I don't know. They're just known for like pork really? products. Yeah. I think I know them for salsa. Hormel, really? Yeah. Huh. I wonder if it's a I'm different Hormel. Sure. Maybe it's the same. I don't know. It That's could interesting. be different. I have no idea. Um. Well. No uh, I think Dad's right because I pulled up Wikipedia here. Spam's basic ingredients are primarily pork shoulder or side pork, as Dad would call it, and ham. Uh, and then wow. it also is with salt, water, modified potato starch as a binder. And, uh, yeah, so he's actually right. It's side pork and ham. The whole reason I'm bringing this up is, uh, it was created, um, and gained popularity after World War II. And, um, the reason that it is associated with Hawaii is that it, um, when, if, if I'm not mistaken, when, uh, Troops were stationed there in World War II. Uh, they didn't really have a whole lot in the way of protein aside from certain fish products. So they would send spam along uh, as part of their rations. And so it was introduced to Hawaii and became a huge success and is now uh, Hawaii has the highest per capita consumption in the United States. And I want to go there someday and eat every kind of variety that exists. Nice. Um, yeah. I did look it up, and Hormel is a food brand, oh, and okay. they own Erdes Salsa. So that's where the association oh. of Hormel and the salsa comes in is Erdes. Well, son of a gun, I'm gonna. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure it some... says on there somewhere like Hormel food, which is would be why I know that. Yeah, huh. I don't know why, but I do. Well, as a as a fan of uh, Hormel, I'm gonna have to check that out and uh, and see how it is. Yeah. So, mm. without further ado, yes. the Honolulu Strangler. Heck yeah! Let's dive in. Yes, my sources today are Wikipedia, um, episode 130 of our murder podcast, mm. and Kealakai. B-Y-U-H-E-D-U. And I can spell any of that out if you'd like. I think we got it. 
we're yeah. We're uh, all bear with me with any with of the Hawaii pronunciations. I will do my best. Fair enough. So our story today takes place on the island of Honolulu. Or no, Honolulu is the city, not the island. Um, I'm trying to remember which island it is. I want to say it is the big island. Is, is, do you happen to know if one of the islands is named Hawaii? Um, or is that the entire chain in like the state? Me, so Hawaii would be the entire chain. I mean, I, so yeah, I know I that it is the chain, but I was wondering if there's pulling like up a, a map Hawaii to island. see if it will tell me each of the island names. And it took me to stock images. That was not what I wanted. So there is the big island, Hawaii, which oh, okay. is where you have Honolulu, Waimea, Honoka, Maui is the next island, which will have mm, um, okay. Hana and Lanai, which is next to Molokai, kind of in those areas. Molokai. And then Honolulu is, it's on Oahu, so my bad. Oh, okay. Oh, Honolulu is the city on Oahu. Yes, but Honolulu is the capital. Okay, cool. And then the next island uh, near Hawaii, near Oahu is Kauai. So that's, it's a little chain of islands, all of Hawaii, but the big island is Hawaii. Okay, nailed it. (laughs) And our Honolulu Strangler was an unidentified serial killer who killed five women in Hawaii, in the city of Honolulu and various areas surrounding it, from May 1985 to April 1986. Oh my God, I wonder so if it was me. Year. Oh dear. For anyone who's not aware, I was born in May 1985. I, I mean, keep... could you really murder as a infant? I uh, apparently did oh. for a whole year. It seems I came well, out the womb closed. swinging. <laughs> yeah, case closed. There you go. I I'm pretty sure neither myself nor my mom has ever been to Hawaii, but I'm thinking it's me. That's just too coincidental. Who's Close the book. <laughs> yeah. Um. So our Honolulu Strangler is the second known serial killer in. Hawaii after Eugene Barrett, who I actually have not heard of. Yeah, me neither. I I didn't realize there were like any known serial killers in Hawaii. I like to think of Hawaii as a very calm, peaceful place where bad things don't happen. Exactly. And milk is way super overpriced because everything has to be imported. Shipped it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... I think last I heard from someone was that it was like $10 a gallon. And that was when milk here on what they call the mainland was like $2. Wow. Oh my God. I can imagine it's maybe like 20 now. Yeah. Holy moly. So we don't have much of a background on the Honolulu Strangler more because People just started dying, and they're like, oh, shit. Well, then. Well, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. Our first victim is Vicky Gale Purdy, 
She was 25 years of age. And her husband was a helicopter pilot in the military. And for anyone who doesn't know, Hawaii does have a huge military base. Mm -hmm. So it's super common for people in the military to be there. And that's why there's so much spam. uh, I mean, that's exactly why. So she left to go clubbing with her friends in Waikiki on the night of May 29th, 1985. And she was last seen by a taxi driver at midnight. And he dropped her off at the Shorebird Hotel so that she could retrieve her car. And I'm not sure she had already gone clubbing with her friends or if she was, like, meeting up with them. hmm But either way, she did not show up where she was supposed to be. Her husband was suspicious and reported her missing. Her car was still in the parking lot that later that morning from May 29th into later from midnight to later in the day. Yeah. And the next day on May 30th, her body was found in the embankment at Kiihi Lagoon and she was wearing her yellow jumpsuit that she was wearing the day before to go clubbing. And yeah, her... so she conceivably never even made it home. Like, yeah, she never made it home. She she never did. And her hands were tied behind her back and she had been raped and strangled. Jeez. Hence the name Strangler. Right. <laughs> that stands to reason, yeah. Yeah. So her husband told police that he thought maybe her death may have had to do with where she was working at the time, which was a video rental store. How many of us remember Blockbuster? Come on. Yeah. Why would that? Why would somebody kill a video rental girl? That's bullshit. Uh, Well, the store she worked at also had pornography. So that's what he thought the reason would be. And because two women had been stabbed to death a year before. Oh, my God. Okay. And it was like they worked at the store and it was like outside of the store they were stabbed. So he had enough reason to believe that that was an actual possibility and not just random coincidence. That's kind of horrifying. Yeah. So it was at this point that they didn't really think that they had any sort of serial killer situation. They thought it was just like a one-time murder, and they're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Darn. Sorry for your girlfriend, bro, but... His wife. You don't know. Wife, my bad. That's okay. Sorry for your wife. So That's what he would say, my wife. And I'm like, oh, right. I mean, right, that's, right, right. that's right. just how bad the detectives were. Oh, God. So your girlfriend worked at the Blockbuster, my wife. Oh, right, right. Right. So police started to get suspicious when a second victim appeared, and that is Regina Sakamoto. She was 17 years of age. She was a student at Leilehua High School, and she actually was taking the bus to school. She was going from Waipahu to her school. And this was January 14th, 1986. As far as they know, she got on the bus? 
I don't think she got on the bus. Okay. She called her boyfriend to let him know that she would be late. She's like, hey, I'm running late to school. Like, let someone know that, like, I will be showing up. Just not on time. Tell them to hold class. Yeah. Hold the school. I'll be there soon. Basically, you know, like when you're in high school and you're like, hey, like I'm running late this morning. Like, can you let yeah. the teacher know that like I will be here? I'm just <laughs> behind. Yeah. Don't call me tardy. Don't call me tardy. I'll be there. I swear to God, I can't get another. Detention. I will be there. Just just don't mark me absent. Was it? It was like, exactly. I'll be tardy. Yeah. Just don't mark me absent. Like I'm I'm here. Yeah, I'll be there. Just yeah. So then the next day, her body was also found in the Kihi Lagoon. And she was wearing a blue tank top and a white sweatshirt, and she had nothing on her lower half. Whoa. Yeah. uh, Her pants or skirt or whatever she was wearing was not there. And her hands were also tied behind her back, and she had also been raped and strangled. She, I think the thing that makes me sad is that like she had all these plans for her future which was attending hawaii pacific university in the fall and just i mean i feel that way with any victim where their life is cut short that it's just like so unfortunate because they they never know what she could have been yeah yeah she had her whole life ahead of her and some asshole comes along yeah and Um, it was how how recent was this from the other murder? I forgot. Like the other one was at right at the end oh, of May. The other one was end of May, and this was mid January, so oh, a wow. good while. Okay. Yeah. And her death actually led the police to start to suspect a serial killer because they had the same modus operandi that Vicky had. As we call it in the industry, an MO. Yes, the MO. <laughs> Emma was stuff. the same. Oh my. Yes. And this leads us to victim number three, Denise Hughes. She was 21. And she right. was a secretary for a telephone company. She commuted by bus and she was an active member of her church, so very active in the community. A pillar of the community, one could say. Sounds like a sweetheart. Yeah. So she did not show up for work, is what kind of tipped everyone off. This was January 30th, 1986. Oh, wow. So about 15 days later. Yeah, so he's really ramping up already. Oh, yeah. Wow. So then her body was found in the Moanalu or sorry, Moanalua stream by three fishermen on February 1st. So about two days after she didn't show up for work. Okay. She was in a blue dress and then wrapped up in a blue tarp, which was a little different than the others. But again, she had been sexually assaulted and strangled, hands tied up, same thing. Right. Yeah. So other than the tarp, it was the same situation. Yes. And four days after the discovery of Denise's body, the city of Honolulu put together a serial killer task force. So they were taking this very seriously. Yeah. They wanted to try to prevent 
as many people as possible from getting murdered. Well, that's that's good to know that they're kind of on top yeah. of it. <laughs> they're it like, is. this sounds like a nasty situation. We should probably nip oh, this yeah. in the butt. So then victim number four is Luis Medeiros. She was 25. She lived in Waipahu. She was traveling to Kauai, where she was meeting extended family due to the death of her mother. So she was going to catch a flight from Oahu to Kauai on March 26th. And she told her family, like, hey, don't worry about me. Like, I'll take a bus to the airport. You don't have to worry about, like, coming and picking me up or anything like that or me getting there. Like, I'll just catch the bus. Yeah, I'm self-sufficient. I'll get there. It's all good. Yeah. So she basically disembarked the plane and disappeared. Wow. And then her body was found on April 2nd. So almost a week later, near Waikele Stream by road workers. And she too was also missing the lower half of her clothes. And she was just wearing a blouse. God, it seems so weird that he would, because like the first one was, was almost June of the previous year. Yeah. He goes until January, kills two people, and then takes another, like, two, three, four-month break. And, and then, then kills he more just, people. Yeah, and then he just can't help himself. Yeah. So her hands were also tied behind her back, same as the other three victims before her. Right. And so I, now they're definitely like, this is the same person. It has yeah. to be. Yeah. They're like, this has to be the same person. The police started setting up sting operations around Kihi Lagoon and the Honolulu airport because they thought that was a place where people might be a bit more vulnerable and mm-hmm. nothing worked. Wow. And then our last victim is Linda Pesci, and she is 36. She left her home the morning of April 29th, 1986, and she was expected to be home later that day. She told her Mm. roommate that she had a preschool meeting for her child. So she, I think it was for her child. Either way, she had a meeting she was going to at the preschool, so it was going to take her longer before yeah, she and so her, showed up at home. Yeah, and so her roommate's like, eh, if she's back late, she's like, not a conceivab- yeah, conceivably her roommate might even go to bed and not know that she's not coming home. Yeah. Wakes up the next morning like, what? Yeah. And after she didn't show up the next, like, for work the next day, her roommate reported her missing. She's like, oh, she didn't show up for work? That's not usual. She is missing. Something's up. And police found her car parked on the side of the Nimitz H1 viaduct. So they found her car, like, on the side of the road. And she was missing, but, like, her vehicle was found. And it was at this time that a man told the police that a psychic had told him oh boy that her body could be found on sand island and so he actually went with police to sand island 
no, just, just like, to confirm again, not not the psychic, the guy who said yes, a psychic the man Howard me. Gay was like, "Hey, the psychic told me where this body was. Like, <laughs> I can show it to you." So then he took him to Sand Island. Was like, "Oh, like there are some bones like over here," and they're like, "There's nothing here." But then some hikers found her and she was nude with her hands tied behind her back. Oh, okay. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So at this time, the police had a specialized task force for trying to find this serial killer with 27 people. And they actually consulted with the FBI and the and some of the task force from the Green River Killer, if any oh, of you know wow. who that is. Hmm. Yeah, they were they were really on it. I'm so surprised. I was going to say that that's kind of a, a change from most of these stories. It's usually yeah. it, it's almost in so many stories that I, I don't want to paint every detective, you know, every precinct with a such a it's broad not every brush, but... detective, but there's so many where. This is not how this goes. Like, yeah, it's it seems like there are times when the killer is practically begging to be caught. They're like, "Look, look at all these clues I'm leaving for you," and they're just like, "Ah, it can't be that person." There's, There's no blood way. here. Clean it up. Yeah, it just seems so odd in, in some of these stories that like, not only are they trying, but in less than a year, they're already bringing in like other people to, to yeah, help. yeah. So. They did come up with a killer profile and they saw that he was an opportunist mm. that he attacked vulnerable women and being an opportunist, they believed that he didn't stalk his victims. Mm. He just kind of mm -hmm. saw someone who was vulnerable and was like, this is my chance. Cool. So he may have, yeah, he may have a type, but not necessarily. Yeah. He's not a stalker. Yeah. He just sees someone he likes and he's like, this is it. That's who I'm going for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crazy. It is believed that he lived in like the nearby area. So it wasn't. They didn't believe that he was someone who like was visiting. Mm -hmm. Took the time and left. And there are some theories that he this killer could have been someone in the military because oh. it was only like a year. Right. So, like, he might just be stationed there for a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then be gone. Right, right. Yeah, he could be stationed for two years and then leave type of thing. Mm -hmm. However, police were very suspicious of Howard Gay. Oh, the yeah, the I talked to a psychic person. Yeah, he and because of that, he was arrested for Pesci's murder on May 9th, 1986. And he was questioned by police for over, I want to say it was like eight hours. And he okay. he never admitted to anything, but he also had a failed polygraph test, which those are inadmissible in court anyway. Right. But yeah, at kind the time, of people thought they were super accurate in the 80s. Right, right. <laughs> we got you, pal. Yeah. And they also spoke with some people in his inner circle, like his girlfriend, who said that there were some nights that they would have a fight and he would leave the house, which coincidentally oh, no. lined up with when these women oh, were no. murdered. Right. Oh my God. Not looking great for yeah. him. 
She also said that he was a smooth talker. So she's like, oh, he could totally coerce someone into something. Oh, my God. I'm like, he, oh, he's, an, he's a swindler, I see. Right. At this I point, see. you're thinking, like, either either he did it or she is really mad at him. I know. She's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could totally see him being a killer. Fuck that guy. Well, because then she also told him that he had a fetish, a fetish oh. with bondage. Oh, yeah. And you, yeah. a little a little S&M, which in a consensual setting, if that's what works for you that is one mm-hmm. thing but she very much was using that to be like he's a creep yeah he likes to he likes to do these things to women to basically paint him in a very bad light right, right. It's a, so, there again like she she is either genuinely concerned and is like oh my god it might be him or she is just so pissed she's like fuck it i want to yeah, I want to send you, him to jail. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, Howard. It's well. So then, investigators later found out that Howard had a wife on the mainland and at least oh no, one shit. maybe two children. Oh my god! I could not remember if it was one or two, but I know it is at least one. You know, uh, his girlfriend being angry at him is uh, really making more and more sense the more you go <laughs> And the, the things, it just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So they would come out and, like, his wife and his son would, like, come out and visit him. But it had to be, it had to be planned because the one time oh, right. they tried to surprise him he refused to let them stay with him, put it, put them, his wife and his child in a hotel and then wow. sent them home two days later. Like he got them on a plane out of there. He was not having it. Super cool guy. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. And his wife did mention to investigators that he had a vasectomy which oh I promise my. does actually pertain to the case. Okay. <laughs> since they were able to collect some samples from the victims for oh, like right. a rape kit. Mm-hmm. And they saw that there was some sperm, but it looked very off and kind of mutilated. What? what? <laughs> Which is actually par for the course for someone who does have a vasectomy and that like if you still produce sperm it does not it's not right oh that makes sense that is (laughs) i'm not sure that's not what i thought happened with i am not entirely sure how accurate it was but i never thought that this statement would come to mind but i might have to research vasectomies i have no idea how they work i think i will be too because i am curious at this point because they were investigators were saying that that would make sense for someone who either had issues with impotence and performance and it's just one detective as well in the as back. someone like who may have had a vasectomy. Yeah, it's just one detective in the back who's spouting all this off, and they all kind of slowly turn around. They're like, like "John, why do you know so much about this?" It's he's like, like what? "I read books." <laughs> what I can read. I, read I was pre med before I just started. Before I decided to do this, 
I'm like, yeah. okay, I told you John was fucking weird. Eh, damn it, John. Damn it, John. <laughs> Maybe John's the killer. So then, Ooh, it's an inside job. A woman did come forward saying that she saw a man with Linda the night she was murdered. And she okay. actually did pick out Howard in a lineup as that man. Oh, wow. But they could not do anything with it because she actually believed that he saw her. So she did not want to testify in court because she was afraid for her safety. Okay. Yeah. Which I understand. Right. It, yeah. It's all for, I, I can, for a reason. Yeah. From, from a detective standpoint, like, like a, a close the case standpoint, that's unfortunate, but yeah, yeah. you don't want to be, well, especially something like this. It's not like he's accused of, uh, stealing someone's identity, stealing stuff, for, you know, cash yeah. or whatever. Like, no, he has proven he might legitimately kill me. So no thanks. Yeah, she and I think that's a very valid concern to have because mm -hmm. it's not like he was locked up. They didn't have any actual evidence to do anything with it, which right. is kind of where that ends. Unfortunately, they... We're very convinced that it was Howard. They have all these things that just, it kind of sounds like it can't be more than just coincidence. Like knowing like, oh yeah, like every time he fought with his girlfriend, he would leave the house and not come back for like a day. And that's when all of these, it's the same time these murders happened. Like that's odd. That is really creepy. Yeah, like he would just get so mad at his own personal relationships, he would go take it out on some innocent bystander. Yeah. And since they could not actually convict him, I believe that after being arrested and then released, he actually ended up moving back to California. He didn't want to stick around. And... Oddly enough, once he left, the murders stopped. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of kind of interesting, but if it that isn't is... actually him, like that's pretty coincidental. Yeah, yeah. It 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 really does not look good for him in terms no. of just uh, all the stuff adding up. And I suppose even then it's I can see how they maybe didn't move forward because like it does all seem sort of circumstantial so they're like we just yeah. don't have enough to to pin it on him and i think at the time they couldn't really do much with like testing dna right and then by the time he left like they can't really get it from him so it's mm -hmm. kind of like too little too late almost yeah and uh i guess Lucky for anyone who is afraid for their safety, Howard Gay passed away in 2003. So oh, wow. even if he did do it, can't be convicted because he's dead. Can't be convicted. Uh, did it, did it, uh, in your research, did it show what he died of? Nope, just that he died. <laughs> okay. I'm just it's, that. it's like, they died, and you're like, Oh, okay, and it's like, oh, but right. how they died? They're they're God. Leave they it alone. Can't. They're God. Yeah. Well, because I imagine that was it. If he was, my guess is cardiac arrest or something. <laughs> Some boring ass bullshit. Something boring. Well, because if he was in the military, 
in 85, 86, he's, you know, he's got to be around 20s. So, you know, and then he dies in 2003. I mean, he's only 43, maybe 45 at the most. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he, he could be 50. He not look very old. So I want to say in the mid 80s, he was about mid 20s. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I mean he'd be fifty by the time he passed away. I'm he almost I, fifty. Fifty. I like to think it's a family member of one of his victims come back to take justice into their own hands. Ooh! All these years, they're like, "I knew it was you, you son of a bitch." I knew it was you, Howard. Yeah. Like sitting in there in his house, they don't turn around. I've been waiting for you, Howard. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's trying to keep a low profile, so he's he's just got a shitty little apartment, and he's just like bagging groceries somewhere, and he comes home, and he's he's just alone and all sad, and then yeah, and the light switch won't work, and then someone's in the corner, and they they click on a lamp, which inexplicably works now, and they're like, "You thought you could get away with it, didn't you, Howard?" And suddenly he's scared, you know, like he's the one yeah. who has become the victim. Oh. Ugh. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, fuck you, Howard. <laughs> assuming so, that he did it. I mean, assuming he did it. We, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Since he could not actually be proven guilty. We and have now we may never know. to assume he didn't do it. <laughs> but he was police's one and only suspect. So... I mean, and it does Where's seem that? like everything's... Well, and that's such a weird thing, too, the idea that... I mean, there there are definitely killers in the past that have a relatively small, like, area in which they're operating or whatever, and just because of circumstances or what have you, yeah. they, they they don't get caught. It's weird to think that there's something like this on on such a landlocked area where you're like, it feels like it's just a, na- a matter of time before... Someone yeah. just stumbles upon him. It's weird to think that um, even in, in such a secluded like area like that, that you could get away with it. Yeah. It is very interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. So that, that is our, our story. And I guess I should share my ratings since I did not say them earlier. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would give the pina colada a 10 because I love a good pina colada in oh, any so form. Good. Hell yeah. It's delicious. So good. And I would give the spam probably like a nine. It's, Ooh, it's good. Okay. And I, I you... say that having only eaten spam like twice. That was going to be that was going to be my next question. I twice. have definitely had it many times and. Uh, God, it's good. It's so gross and salty and just, I don't care. It's, it really is. I mean, that's why it keeps, that's why it stays fresh. Put it on a shelf. Good to go. Um, Save it for your uh, doomsday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Put it, put it in your bunker. Yeah. Your bunker. Uh, Yeah. Stack it up with all the other ones. Got a lot of calories there again, a lot of salt. So uh, if for whatever reason you are overhydrated, eat a bunch of spam, it'll even you out. Yeah, yeah. it's got so many uses. And I want to set one thing straight, if I may. If you have never had Spam, you pop that can, you drop that chunk of what smells like dog food into the pan. I just want it to be clear. Yeah, fry it up. 
that that gel that comes out with it that is not a byproduct it's not a sort of lubrication it is well it's not a byproduct of the system or whatever it is a byproduct of the ham it is mm. a natural juice it is called aspic you do not have to be afraid of it you don't have to eat it you can throw it away i'm just saying yeah. it's not like a weird chemical it's just a natural ham thing so don't be scared it's fine yeah don't think about it yeah, the more the more you know. I want to want to set the record straight on ham and spam aspect. Yeah, what would you rate the two together? I was just thinking about that. I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with an eight. They I, don't. I'd agree with that. They don't quite go, but it's not like any terrible combination by any means. Yeah, I was I was tempted to go with a 10, but if I'm being honest, I yeah, I don't think that they quite uh, vibe with each other well. I mean, the saltiness, I think I think the problem is just that the piña colada isn't quite thirst quenching enough for mm -hmm. how salty the spam is because it's not yeah. even so much that the flavors are a problem. But it is a lot of salt. And you, a lot of salt. I am, you just need some water, really. Yeah, I, I was just thinking I'm, I'm desperately looking for some water because I don't have any on hand right now. I'm like, I could really go for something that would like cleanse my palate and really quench my thirst. Yeah. So they, yeah, they don't quite pair super well. Not horrible, but you do want to have like a water chaser yeah. on hand. You want a little something to hydrate you after. That's for yeah. sure. Well, that was a bit of a shorty, but a goodie. Um, yeah, I was hoping to maybe have like a little bit more information, but there isn't really a ton out there, but that's what we have. So it's a little bit more of like a shorter episode this week. That's fine. Short and sweet. Yeah. And not all stories have a proper ending. I mean, sometimes they that just don't know who it is. Yeah, that's true crime for you. What are you going to do? Yeah. I know. And oh, just, shit, you know, hunt people down and find the killer is what you're going to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Get those uh, those texts loose. The Internet's loose on the job and see if they can yeah. put some information together. They'll figure it out. I mean, that is like half of it with solving cases is just like putting pressure on the right people. That's true. And getting all the right details in order. <laughs> just yeah. you just need that one person who's going to take a look at everything and just see all of the pieces come together. Well, because, you know, someone knows something always. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's good. True. That should be like on a t-shirt or something. Someone oh, I'll knows. add it to our list. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have a suggestion for episodes or t-shirts, you can email us at peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at peculiarpairpod, or you can check us out on Instagram at peculiarpairingspod. And, uh, Go, go check us out on Patreon if you want to. That'd be fun. Yeah, and we are doing listener stories on Patreon, and we'll be sharing a story every month. So if you are not a member, you should become a member so you can hear stories from us and from other people. Oh, yeah. That sounds fucking sweet. I mean, I'd say so. I got some crazy stories, so <laughs> that's where they shall be shared. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go check out that right now. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. And until next time, y'all, we'll, we'll see you. Thanks for listening.
Bye, listeners. Bye-bye.